0: I think people spend so much time overthinking everything they do with the dogs that we don't train nearly enough. Hi everybody, Ben back at you here. Today's episode of the Dog Bone Podcast is a clip from one of our recent seminars. It covers how a dog's w- nose works, how they break down scent, and the different scent and clues that go into the smell of an antler. We hope you enjoy it. Shape is the important beginning because I want a dog to use its eyes and its nose, and I want it to be about equal because if the dog can't, if all we do is we're focused on nose work, as soon as the dog is not downwind of it, They're not gonna be able to smell it. So I want them to be able to visually pick up on the idea of, ooh, there's one of those things. Now when they can't see it, which is the majority of the time when there's cover, I want a dog to have certain scent clues that tip it off to say, I should go look at that closer. So this scent, I've got different ingredients. I make this myself. I've got different ingredients in there that are scent clues to an antler. And an antler is a bone. But an antler, also, a fresh, if you ever look, if you find fresh sheds, look at these. Look at the, look at the pedicle. There's always hair, right at the base. There's always this. It's a they call it a wax ring, but it's this substance that is part of that fusion to the head. There's I've found a lot of them that have this green, snot-like looking substance, and it for us like if I, I don't know that I would smell it. But if you want to know how strong an ant because a lot of people go, oh, the antlers don't have much scent. They've got a lot of scent. Take a Tupperware tub, take a bunch of fresh sheds, put it in a sealed Tupperware tub and put the lid on it, and then put it in your pickup truck in the sun and let it get hot. And then open that lid and take a whiff. It'll about knock you over. And the reason is, is because it's concentrated. Like there's a lot of older particles there and it hits you quick and you'll smell it. But I take a lot of those scent clues and I put it into this. Now, I'm gonna give you a secret. So one of the things that's a part of this that people just don't think about because the idea of antler is, oh, it's an antler, it's a bone. Yes, it is, and bones have scent. And as bones get older, the scent changes. So like cadaver dogs, dogs that find dead bodies, they're they'll find, Bodies that were buried years and years and years and years ago that Smells different as it ages and these dogs. It's like a tracking dog that guy just left. He was a tracking guy We were talking about it earlier. I said when we were at our booth I said I mean think about the dog's nose if a deer ran through this room It would take him Not very long to get from there to there like we're talking less than a second It's right now a deer runs through let's say the deer got shot and he runs through the room he can cover a lot of ground really quickly. The scent right there versus the scent right there where he left the room smells different to the dog. One of them's older than the other. That scent is older than that scent. That's how a dog determines direction on scent. Like it can tell that that's older than that. So what does that mean? Well, he's going that way. That's how tracking dogs process. So can you imagine the ability to calculate that stuff that quickly in the instant that they're working? And then all of a sudden, think about a deer that backtracks. That's older scent than that. But now all of a sudden, they scent too that's fresher than that. But it's, they have, to pro, they have to sift through all of that stuff like in a split second in order to make the right decision. That's where they can get kind of tangled up and they can start to rework tracks and you just watch them, you just let them, just shut up and let them do their thing. The good ones didn't live. The best tracking dogs, the old tracking dogs were wolves and coyotes and the bad ones died because they never caught the game. They never found the animal. The good ones are the ones that passed their genes on, the ones that could do that, that's evolution. So these dogs have incredible noses for centuries and centuries. When it comes to the idea of an antler, there are so many scent clues there. But one of the things that I've noticed is, and who who in here are, who's shed hunters? I know you are, Who shed hunts? When you find some antlers, take a look at some of them, start studying them. Don't just pick them up and throw them in the pile or put them in your room or whatever. Really look at them. The tips on them, the points, the very tip, you'll see these little pinholes. A lot of times that's from, it looks like something chewed on it. Coyotes. looks like a puppy chewed on it. So when you go shed hunting and there's snow on the ground, watch some of this before you pick them up. Like here's the thing, everybody panics. We see a shed and we run after it. Like if we're shed hunting with the dogs, never do that. Always let them pick it up because it's another opportunity for them to find success on the real thing. But for whatever reason, we always want to We see them, we get excited. It's not going anywhere. Like it's not gonna run off. I think sometimes we think they're gonna get away. They're not, so leave it there. But when you go and look at it, she's a DJ on the weekends, you know. But, so when you go and you look at that antler, a lot of times in the snow, there'll be urine. There'll be yellow snow, something peed on it. You know what pees on, especially in areas that are rich with them, coyotes, scent mark, everything they go past. Like if you're a trapper, you'll know the value of a urine post. You'll know the value of a visual marker in a a relatively flat field. You put a rock or a bone or something that it acts as a backer which is gonna help channel the foot of the animal, but it also acts as this visual thing. Well a big antler laying in the field is like a that's like a, a backer for a trap. It gets the dog's attention. So the coyote goes over to it, lifts his Smells it, might chew on it a little bit, might pick it up and play with it. I've, one of my buddies found his biggest shed ever at the den of a coyote. A coyote couldn't get it in, and he dragged it right to the edge, and he just couldn't get it in, eventually that's where he found it. But you'll find they'll pee on them. So part of, part of what I want my dogs to do is, when they smell coyote pee, I want them to go look because if it's in the cover I want them to go take a peek at it and if they take a peek at it and there's an antler there I want them to go up oh, there's one of those things that looks like this pick it up bring it back to dad if they go over and there's nothing there they smell it they go keep moving this dog right here has got a this dog's nose is real touchy some some days it's on fire she's just probably one of the best scenting dogs I've had and then some days it's like she really struggles her heat cycle really throws her off. She, she trains differently in her heat cycle. She smells differently in her heat cycle. So different dogs have different things. But one, I remember distinctly one day, we, we've got a, we lease a farm in Buffalo County and we were going down this water waterway and cut corn. And all of a sudden that dog, and cut corn is, there's a lot of antlers in cut corn, and combined corn but they're just so hard to find. They'll make you go nuts looking for them. So that's where these dogs really shine. But when we're coming down this waterway on a cut corn field and she hit the brakes and she turned and it was like, I mean, I knew she was on one. It had to be, the way, the way she reacted. And I, so I watched her, she worked, and you could just see her get downwind and work her way, 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 and all of a sudden she stopped and I'm just waiting for her to pick it up. And then she smelled and she turned and she just kept going. And So I, I got to go see what that was. I, it was something. And here it was. It was a tall corn stalk. The coyote peed on it. So in her training, she knew that I should probably take a look at that. And there's a lot of times that at the end of that, not, maybe not a lot high percentage-wise, but enough that I want that dog to use that scent clue. That's one scent clue of about a dozen that are in that scent. They all have purpose. And so we get these dogs to start trusting that, there are certain things that I should look at, and sometimes the scent's not gonna be there. I know a lot of people worry about, when they're training their shed dogs, they worry about their human scent. And I laugh at that because I go, guys, do you know how good this dog's nose is? Like, this, they, they've already shown, a dog can take a tablespoon of, you can take a tablespoon of sugar. You can put it into an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Were the Olympics, I didn't watch the Olympics, but was there swimming in the Olympics this? year so you know how you if you watch the Olympics and you watch, you know how big those pools are they're gigantic; like they're really big 250 some thousand gallons of water that you could take a tablespoon like a little tablespoon put that sugar in that water and dilute it you could have two pools next to each other one has a tablespoon of sugar one doesn't you can walk the dog to the two pools of water and it'll tell you which one has sugar in it that's how strong their noses are a drug dog with a You know what gasoline smells like, like what it'll do to your nose, it'll burn it. You can take a bag of dope, you can wrap it up and seal it, you can put it in a a gas tank of a vehicle, and you can drive past a drug dog, and the drug dog will alert. They can smell the dope inside of there through all that stuff. Now, the person that tells me, I gotta wear rubber gloves on my training dummies because I don't want the dog to cheat. I laugh at it and I go, well, wait a minute. (laughs) I can smell a rubber glove like i know what that smells like you telling me that that's going to fool the dog i i i think people spend so much time overthinking everything they do with the dogs that we don't train nearly enough you're not going to be able to fool their noses so don't try it but think about it this way if you your scent will be on there if you put scent on it it's let's say it's a let's say there's for number sake, let's say there's 10 cents that equal shed antler to the dog. Any of those 10 cents means shed. Now, you add 10 more cents on top of it. Now you got 20 cents. Let's say you take away some of the 10 that don't smell like a shed and you take away some that do. Does the dog still say yes, it's a shed? Because you took three of those away but there's still seven that say yes. Here's, but here's the thing, I should explain this first. How does a dog smell? They don't smell like we do. Like earlier today, I smelled hamburgers being cooked. I could smell the charcoal, and I think I could smell that meat. Like it was a combination of the grilling, smelled like a grill. My dog smelled the beef, the wrapper that the beef came in, the salt and pepper that was sprinkled on it, the charcoal, the lighter fluid that was on the charcoal, the grease that was on the from somebody cooking chicken last week on that grill. They smelled all of that, and they smell it separately, unlike us. So my wife, if she makes vegetable soup, I smell vegetable soup. The dog smells peas, carrots, the water, all that stuff separate. So when you start talking about the antler stuff and training, yeah, my scent will be on it. But when I go out in the wild and I take my scent off, the same scent that was there in training is still there in the wild. And not all of it, probably, but some of it. And that's the key for the dog to to hone in from a scenting standpoint.